0: The champions have been crowned. 100 Thieves is the fifth team ever to win in the LCS. And uh, it's exciting because we have somebody from the coaching staff on to talk about championship weekend here on episode 187 of Hotline League. Uh, But first off, let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark?
1: I'm good.
0: Uh,
1: Ashley had what?
0: It's... For a second it was weird sorry go ahead okay there was a muffled it's noise going good Ashley what
1: she uh she had today off too so we we did a bunch of productive shit
0: oh nice so is that you guys aren't doing an episode of the dive this week
1: dives dead 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 show
0: oh wow okay well that's um, you hate to hear it but uh either way you
1: love to hear it outlasted good. another podcast dive canceled
0: exactly that's the only thing hotline league is is going for is the legacy at this point Uh, of course i want to give a shout out before we introduce our guest of the evening to alienware and mountain dew game field for sponsoring the show but joining us right now is freeze coach of 100t so freeze okay a lot of people may Mm. remember you because you've played both in europe and in north america previously and then you kind of disappeared, I think, to some of the North American fans. I know you were in Academy for a little bit, and then now you're coaching at Hunter I think a lot of people didn't know that because obviously they knew about uh, Reaper. but yeah. what maybe you can uh, let everybody know what your path has been uh, from a career perspective, especially as it relates to North America.
2: Oof, oof that, that's a lot. That's gonna be a long topic, I feel like. Uh, well, just give us the, the years, brief, yeah.
0: The brief rundown, because again, I think a lot of people might be f- recognize your name or whatever. But I'm mm. I'm trying to like refresh their memory. If there's somebody who's like, well, oh, wasn't that 2016? Yeah, Raven. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: What's uh, the shorthand?
2: The short the shorthand sort of is I play for Renegades AD Carry. Uh, that was that was my time in LCS North America. Uh. And then, basically, after that I went back to Europe uh, to play for H2K Uh, and then I went back to NA to play for Temple Storm in Academy Uh, and then I went back to Europe again to take some time off uh, think about my life choices, what should I do next and then decide what to do for for like a year and then I decided that I'll you know, give it two or three years more to try to get back to the top level of uh, either LCS or LEC and if I don't make it, I'll retire Uh, and I told myself I'll do everything in my power I can to do that I did do that, so I was very great, I was very... you know, I held my head high I had no regrets for, for, for those two years I've tried my best Uh, I have a lot of memories there. I won the Academy League twice, got MVP'd in in some of the leagues. Uh, So so it was a very good end of a career even though it was not the top level uh, where it felt like I finally started winning because I didn't win before anything Uh, and then I decided to retire because I didn't get to LEC or LCS. and didn't want to play another year in Academy and one of the choices that I had was going coaching and 100T's. You know, the moment I made a tweet, Papa Smith literally like one hour after I made a tweet, he reached out to me and was super excited to talk to me. Uh, so that was a that was a very quick transition. Uh, I thought about it for quite some time, and then uh, we joined hands. Uh, and yeah, I, I worked alongside Tony Zix, uh, Tony or Zix a lot uh, in spring and then obviously reprint in summer so that that's like the short of it so what
0: what has your what's your official title is it assistant coach
2: uh yeah assistant coach i don't really know what's the job definition of assistant coach because i kind of feel like i'm doing doing sort of everything you know but uh yeah it's like an assistant coach yeah
0: Uh, okay and well that's a a good question then it was gonna be my follow-up is you said you're kind of doing everything So Mm -hmm. what, where are kind of like Reaper's duties versus your duties? Like, I don't know, uh, if you're focusing Mm -hmm. more on like helping the players with their mental and how they're doing, or if you're, you're doing more like studying and analyst type coaching, like Mm -hmm. where, where is your role versus Reaper's for instance?
2: We have quite excessive coaching staff actually at hundred days. Uh, we have Nathan who's our analyst. Uh, we have lost boy who's our secondary assistant coach. Then we have me, and then we have Reaper. Uh, Reaper is obviously the captain of the ship. Uh, he makes the final calls, decisions, everything. Uh, so for me, it's it's basically whatever I see fit or whatever I like doing, I do. And I give a lot of suggestions to Reaper uh, and to the players. And then, you know, some of the stuff I already. Like no, it's good. So we were like already gonna do that with the players and some of the stuff. I go through Reaper and ask him, you know, if, he, what, if he, what does he feel about this, and then he like makes the decision or he takes over and uh, and basically, yeah. So it's hard to describe, you know, because like when I got hired by Hundred Thieves, I wasn't. No one was like, you're assistant coach. This is your. This is what you do, and they like specified what I do. It was always like very open-handed and and sort of like do everything you're passionate about so that's what i'm doing
0: gotcha yeah. it's just like finding the places where you can help and then you're helping there yeah
2: yeah exactly i think that's
1: really interesting because i think like there's a lot of different methods to coaching there's like the coaching tree guy who's like uh you do this you do that and they have like very specific roles mm-hmm. versus like the more open like you find value where you can find it um and it's it's a seems like it worked well i guess is what i'd say given that you guys just won
2: oh yeah i i hope so i mean (laughs) that's for the players to say and decide right Uh, i i feel like I, i did a great job but that's my own opinion and you never know if you're doing a great job because you know that that's for for the players to like sort of decide right yeah
1: or or the, the broadcast narrative. Freeze is the greatest coach nah. because he turned FBI into the best bot lane carry in the league by teaching him everything he knew from his time city <laughs> carry, right? So true. Oh uh, sure,
2: for sure, for real. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, so so you guys won yesterday. Congratulations again on the big win. I remember in the Hell press yeah. conference you opening up about like for how long you'd wanted to win and how cool it was that yep. first first year in you you you're coaching the team lifts a, a trophy which i think is uh very cool
2: yeah. but yeah I, I'd, I would like to emphasize how, how fucking much it means to me you, you, like no one can even understand how much it fucking means to me because i was being memed for my entire career that i've never won anything and i have played for eight years you know so yeah. like winning in in Spain twine, twice felt really fucking nice but it is not a major le- uh, re- league so it still didn't feel like i did it and and this year is just unreal i i i worked my ass off so much i literally for for the past month i've watched every single competitive match that there is some of them twice and showed everything i saw in in those games to my players uh, 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 and being able to get rewarded. What I felt like was incredibly hard work and, uh, and grind and getting rewarded by the trophy. It felt amazing. It, it felt super fucking nice. It's yeah. Unreal. Well,
0: and so that's why yeah. I was going to pivot. I mean, it's so it's, it's neat to hear about what it meant for you, but Mark was kind of pointing this out before the the stream there's been a lot of celebrating on in the hundred thieves house we were seeing a bunch of social media stuff uh what was it champagne bottles being thrown is that what you were saying mark
1: So it was the one that we were talking about but there's also a hilarious video of nayshot like trying to pick up a speaker and it's like the camera's kind of on the five players celebrating but then he drops the speaker it's just (laughs) it looked like a madhouse for the entire org to to get the first one as well because it wasn't like it was a lot of players first you know, one, a lot of staffs first one and then the org itself. So it seemed like
2: everyone was just going apeshit. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot coming. Uh, I've noticed (laughs) there were cameras everywhere when we were celebrating. Uh, so you guys are in for the show. Uh, like we're, the next heist is gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like spraying champagne over each other, just throwing battles of champagne everywhere. And yes, it was. It was lit. It was late Like I, I gotta give it to hundred teams. They know how to celebrate. <laughs> they, they do. They do. I mean, I,
0: I would not be surprised if that was the uh, the wildest celebration evening because I feel like almost every other time. I mean, I guess mo- most of the time there's travel, right? And so the teams are. Out somewhere but it's usually just like a riot after party or maybe there's like a nice celebration dinner at some steakhouse or something like that Um, so it was very funny to see what I think is like a fairly stark difference in the celebration from the hundred thieves org versus I don't know C9 TSM
1: and uh, they you guys won so fucking fast it was still bright out it was in the day you guys were like going ham it was like I don't know probably like 6 (laughs) p.m.
0: Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Mark, before we get to, to the calls, is there anything else you want to talk to Freeze about? I mean, after yesterday's games, I, in some sense, there's a lot to talk about. In some sense, to your point, it was a th- clean 3-0. what didn't really feel like there was much tension. So, uh, but I don't know, Mark, if you've got anything. A
1: couple things, but I think I can work them in with callers, so either you know, either the caller will hit the point, or I'll just bring yeah, it yeah, up yeah. when it's like kind of tangential to that's,
0: it. That's fair. Well... Um, I think, I think that's, let's do, get into it then. Mark, do you want to explain to Freeze how the show works? Cause I'm going to assume
2: that he hasn't seen it before.
1: Mm. Have you seen it before, Freeze?
2: No, no, no. I <laughs> okay. must admit and must apologize. I don't read Reddit. It's, it's, no, no, don't no, no, no you're good. Do it's anything. I don't see the...
1: No, it's, yeah. it's always funny when, cause sometimes people come onto this show and they don't even know what they signed up for. This is actually a live call-in show. Which means that uh-huh. as i'm spamming twitch chat right now there's a discord link fans can come and join the discord uh fans when you get here join pleb calls or pleb calls to voice channels where you'll mute once you get in there um, and then in the pleb topics text channel up above you're going to go ahead and put what it is that you want to talk about if you have a question for free is about what 100 these coaching staff was like you think that they don't deserve world still and they have the easy side of the bracket and they're just lucker dogs so you know managed to dodge all those hard teams, of course, you know, like TSM, yeah, uh, you exactly. can put that take in the one. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, if I like your take, I'll pull you from those call rooms into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your turn to come on air and then you can accuse Freeze of lucking out.
0: And by the way, just for some ideas on, on what to talk about, guys, obviously we'll talk about 100 Thieves, we'll talk about this past weekend, uh, all three of the teams um, and take calls on that. But it is kind of the end of the the year, well, the season for LCS. And there's a bunch of different stuff that got announced last week because there was a press conference. And so we had things like we now know Houston is going to host spring finals next, um, next year. And in 2023, we're going to go back to Newark. Well, didn't go back, but finally go to Newark. Uh, they talked about, or Greeley and I had a pretty open conversation about Academy and the, um, how there's a pretty big push to have Academy go remote. And not be based in LA in the same place like it has has been. So I think that's something interesting to talk about. What what that could mean. Um, I'm trying to think of everything else that got announced. But I mean, there there were several different things. Uh, oh, the p- new players show got announced. Uh, Mark uh, Mark and and I had I think Mark I I told you I had heard something about that. Maybe you had too uh, previously, but it's finally out. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I have to go watch American Vandal because I've never seen it. Mark, have you seen it?
1: Watched a couple episodes. It's uh I think it's really good. They are it was a very clever I don't wanna spoil it, like what the twist is for you. Or not the twist, but like the concept. Sure. I think it's a very funny Oh
0: I've concept. heard it's a, a riff off of like uh Amer like serial killer Things and instead, it's, it's if, like, if
1: you've ever seen a true crime documentary, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. is making fun of that, but like, or not making fun of it's parodying, I should say.
0: Yes.
1: Um, and it's uh, it's really well done,
0: so that's that's a thing, uh, which is I think super fascinating. So, I don't know, uh, there's a whole lot to talk about on tonight's show, and I'm happy to get into it. If you are a sub, by the way, thank, uh, thank you for being a sub. Please make sure your Twitch and your Discord are synced so that you can get access to Subtopics channel. Put your take in there. It moves a little slower, so it's not a guarantee, but it is uh, perhaps a little helpful. And other than that, Mark is going to go off and look for our first caller here any second. Uh, while he is doing that, thank you to a Honey Badger, Hydro Goliath, Hippo Squirrel, uh, Moshu Pork. Count001 for 35 months. Rico Suave for 38. St. Louis Slayer also for 38. Parakini and DJ Morali. Thank you, everybody, for your subs. Mark is grabbing somebody right now. It's Hello. Dopist, who I believe is on the show previously, yes?
3: Yeah, I've been on a few times. Exactly.
0: Okay. Where are you calling from?
3: Uh, Boise, Idaho.
0: Boise. Okay. What do you want to talk about on the show?
3: Okay, so um, basically my question was mostly for Freeze. Um, I just wanted to know how he thought his experience as a pro player helped him transition into being a coach. Um, That's like basically the first part. So maybe if he wants to address that and then I had maybe a second follow-up. Well,
0: really quickly, why don't we get your follow-up here too, just so that- Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. um so aside from that just wondering if he thinks that being a former pro player or at least being high elo is important to be a good coach because i noticed that 100 thieves a lot of the staff is either for former pro player in the case of lust boy and reapered um or as far as i understand at least like relatively high rated so just maybe getting his opinion on coaching staff in general is it really important to have that former experience so you can intelligently so, talk to the players about the game.
0: how has your previous experience informed your coaching and, and how necessary is it to be, you know, either previously high ELO or pro or et cetera?
2: So, okay, um, I'll, I'll address this this way where I played for eight years and in the eight years of my professional career, I had only two good coaches or maybe two, maybe three. In in all of the teams. And I've been saying this for a very long time. um, To my friends. Is that. The league is basically waiting for players that are old to retire and become coaches. And not all the the players that will retire uh, and become coaches will be good coaches. But there is this huge gap. in, In the coaching staff. Where we need to go through like a like a like a, almost like a purge what is it called <laughs> not not yeah. purge but but like uh you know like English? the age you know like a different age yeah, yeah. you cross generation different generation era. generation yes exactly. that's the word it, it almost feels to me like you need to go to the the next generation and then through that generation you have to like selectively the 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 league has to selectively choose the coaches because not everyone from the retired players will be a good coach so that that I feel very strongly about that, you know, if you're a prof, uh, ex-professional, you will you have the the upper edge to the everyone else who's not the the coach. But there are exceptions to the the coaching staff. I, since I said I had two or, two or three good coaches that were not players and they were really good. Uh, yeah. So it, it really depends because you know. If you if you want to do a strategy and you want to be a strategic coach, then you, you definitely need to have the background for for player, because or a professional because it, it literally shows you a different view of the game because it, it, it's it's different when you play the game and when you look at the game uh, and you kind of have to like mix it both to to give it to the players to for, for them to understand and, and connect better, so so yeah I, I feel very strong about it but. So, so you can, I'm,
0: you can be good if, and if you weren't a former pro, but it sounds like you're like, that should, that's that in general should be the baseline.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it makes, it makes sense. There's obviously exceptions to every rule, but yeah. players having the game knowledge will bring more to the table, especially right out of the gate. I feel like a lot of people need time to learn coaches who are not players and players who who become coaches like no matter what you're gonna need time to learn but at least a former player has a perspective that they bring right away where there's a lot of analysts you bring on where it's like well you're good with like you seem to understand this like stuff but you still need to train them up whereas like, I feel like a, a player can be like well you used to play AD carry like work with our AD carry on matchups or or something you know it's, it's a lot faster um, but yeah, that, yeah. Uh, so a little bit more back on the first point like what were some of the things that you brought to coaching that you experienced as a player like were there things that you're like oh i wish my coaches did that and then when you became a coach you did it or like how was being a player first informed how you you coach
2: um so so throughout the career again it's sort of like i took from from every coach that i had was sort of like he was doing something well and he was doing something bad and from from all of the coaches when they were doing something i I'd sort of like took something that i, I uh, felt like is good and in a lot of the academy leagues that i've played on towards my end of the career i, I had to be the guy coaching the other players and and explaining to them you know lane management wave control oh. um, rotations in, in mid game side lane macro all all these things I had to be coaching the academy players because they didn't have the basics or foundations for for that and I I feel like I kind of created a a system for myself of you know like this is the first thing you need to learn this is this like and building on top of it like giving like the the players the foundation and then building on top of the foundation uh, and and improving and giving them more depth Uh, but first like Getting the basics done, if you know what I mean.
0: With with pro players like the ones that are on Hunter T, who have been playing for a while, and I know like mm. some of these guys are still either fresh in their role or you know relatively fresh to the, the big leagues coming in last year, etc. But uh, do you find that the stuff that you were teaching the academy and amateur players was already like these guys already know or you Mm. are there times where you're like wow i gotta teach one of these guys about wave management because they're doing it all wrong or something i it's i think it's tough for me to sometimes know as pro players grow are they like generally speaking just leveling up across the board or are there times where you know, certain players might be really good in categories A, B, C, and yet for some reason they never really learn D, and so you're like, "Wow, this is like a basic," and yet you don't know. So I, I don't know if that what your experience has been like with the 100T guys, but I, it's probably very different. Yes, from the academy yeah, side?
2: It, it, yeah, it's very different from academy. Uh, with the LCS team, uh, starting in spring I already felt like they have a lot of the stuff in their heads and, and they know a lot of the stuff very well because for me I, I already felt like the players are top three or top four in the in their specific roles so they have all the basics done they just didn't know how to you know like connect each other and how to layer like their advantages to together to create a you know like a, a plan or what to do with, with if they have push in the lane or if they have prior uh if they if they can do something with it they didn't know what to do they didn't know like uh the they sort of like felt they they had like the animal instinct i felt like all of it and from from for lane and for lane they were really really good but in in mid game it felt like uh they didn't this this is my personal objective but uh, or feeling but in in spring's play it felt like they don't even know what macro is uh, even though they were really good at, uh, the the only one I didn't feel that way was uh, Someday, Someday f- knew what to, like, what he should be doing on the map, uh, and when he should be doing it, yeah. but uh, the others were very, like, confused, they, were, they, they just basically go mid and do something or something's gonna happen, you know, rather than, than specifically playing macro in a game. And we've been struggling with that even in summer. You know, like everyone was memeing in in summer. that the 100T's uh, mid game is horrible, uh, which it was, <laughs> honestly. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: we managed to fix it. This this playoffs where We watched a lot of Mad Lions uh, VODs and clips. Where uh, I was constantly asking the players about Rogue and Mad Lions that their macro is very good rogue not so much in summer but in spring rogue was really good uh, in macro and i kept showing him, them all the time what the what rogue does and in, in macro in spring and that way i it felt like they or in spring at the at the end of the spring it felt like they already know what to do in their head but they didn't put it in practice in, in summer with reaper coming in uh we basically dropped all, uh, a lot of the stuff we were doing in Spring and we started all over. So it felt like uh, we forgot about this or we put this somewhere in the back of our minds. Uh, the, the mid-game macro. And then in playoffs when we started watching uh, Mad Lions, the Med Lions macro and how they play in mid-game. And looked at our, our own way we played mid-game. It felt like everyone remembered how we used to do that and then started doing it uh, and on saturday i like you know if you would watch the the series then on saturday uh versus uh Chloe. or like when we played versus tl uh, before that before this week it was horrible like both the both the teams were so horrible uh, like when i was watching the games it, it was everyone's just had a, like a bad day or slept badly because the games were it, it even though it was five games it was horrible uh from from like a strategic point of view and from from macro and from how the, the teams played because uh there were free kills in 30 minutes for example you know no one was doing anything and then we took the week of practice watched the clips and vods of of mad lions watch our clips and vods of our mid-game macro and then watched fpx how they did it and we kind of combined everything into the way we played on saturday when we on saturday we started already having a good mid game but we were doing mistakes of you know like basically we didn't push this one wave extra or we didn't hover this side and that was that was basically like a, a rusty mistakes where we we started doing what we should have been doing but we didn't put it we, we didn't do it perfectly and then we we went back in the compound uh, that day and watched the the clips again uh, and watched how we did it and and basically talk about what we should be fixing for tomorrow and then on Sunday we just gigas TL it was not even fucking close we, like <laughs> I was almost crying when I was uh, like when I saw our mid game macro it was so fucking good it, you know so <laughs> it, it's just unreal how how much we improved over those two days uh, and the last week it was super nice super crazy that the players are this good you know
1: yeah yeah. I mean obviously there was an insane turnaround because everyone expected a, a repeat or worse of the first time you guys played so a huge improvement between the weeks and I yeah. think uh... oh go ahead Mark oh you can go first
0: I was just gonna say as an aside like to that point and, I, and hopefully Freeze doesn't take offense to this but like if you had stacked ranks all the different possible outcomes yesterday, I I really do feel like most people would have put hundred T three O at the lowest. Like even if you, people thought the game was going to be super close or the match was going to be really close, like I don't think there were too many people that were just expecting like hundred T to come in and and roll T L. So it was it was it was wild. Uh, Mark, what were you
1: gonna say? Has comment about like. Um what you're teaching players, because it's, you know, like, the game changes all the time. And to for, for Freeze to say, like, he's watched every single game from, like, every region. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're looking for what everyone's doing, because you don't know, like, oh, what's, like, a strong level one right now? Like, what's a cool thing they're doing with this champion? There's so many things that you can, like, pick up that, like, a pro player, even if they're incredible, is, like, probably spending their time doing something else. So I feel like, you know, that kind of stuff is always going to be valuable. Um, and especially as a former pro player, you can then pick up and be like, well, normally I'd be thinking this, but now that I'm doing it this Mm -hmm. way, like, you you have a different perspective, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, the thing as a player I hated the most was watching bots. So, (laughs) I know how much they don't like it, and that's why I'm trying to, you know, funnily enough, I found I enjoy it nowadays a lot, because when I bring a good point to the players, then, You know the acknowledgement the smile on their face that that's what gets me going that's my fuel so i'm trying my best to you know like give them straight up the clips and straight up the VOTs or like what they have to look at because i know as a player you know like i would not watch VOTS. you know it's just it was just i I would think that i can play solo queue and improve in solo queue more but that's literally not not true like this past week I, i knew that us watching clips and and, and vods will improve us way more than just playing another scrim or playing more solo queue.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you have like a, a mo- like a, a moment or something from one of these series where you're like, that was me and I made sh- like I gave them that advantage or anything like that? Because um like that kind of like watching a bunch of stuff. I'm sure you're watching TL footage too. Like I, when we played LMQ way back in the day, I noticed they had a level one pattern and like in our series against them. The players, we we not even have coaches on stage backing. So this is a lot of credit to the players for even remembering like a level one that I noticed them doing, and we got first blood off it, and it was like the proudest moment ever as a coach, where I was like, "Holy fuck, I helped my team get first blood!" You know, like, do you have one of those moments where like all your vod review like led to this thing that that helped?
2: Um, yeah, I do.
1: Uh... Are you able to share it? I should say, because if it's a strategic thing, maybe not. But
2: uh, I can, I can. It, it. It's it's sort of like. I'll be taking credit and and doing like sp- things for specific things, so it's cr- kind of like not very big fan of it as a coach. I should maybe I shouldn't be doing, it, but uh, I am super proud of 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 the the macro we showed on uh, on Saturday and Sunday uh, or Sunday. Uh, the players are even beaming it and they're saying, "Let's do mad Lions, let's do mad Lions. Uh <laughs> and everyone knows what that means and what to do, uh, and and that that. To me, it felt like it was a huge difference. It made a huge difference in our playoffs run. Uh, so cool. well, so, um, it, it made me emotional when, when we were, we were winning and, and doing this, it was really cool.
0: Dopus, yeah. I know we, we went all over the place, uh, with your take, but I think it was a fantastic one or a fantastic question. Uh, is there, is there anything you wanted to say really quickly? I mean, we can't reopen the, the conversation, but anything any follow-ups on any of this
3: uh no just like if if freeze can think of it quickly it's fine but uh just kind of wondering maybe if he could think of a specific thing that maybe one of the coaches that wasn't a pro player or like a high elo person he thought like did something to help him because i know like in the general conversation by a lot of co-streamers they're like um, which I kind of agree with is that like pro players do make the best coaches because they know the game, they can like engage intellectually with the players. So just kind of wondering if he can think of maybe a specific thing that this uh, quote-unquote lower elo player maybe helped him with or gave him insight into that he didn't think of. Mm. If he doesn't, it's fine, but.
2: Uh, not, not really, not really. I, I don't, it doesn't come up to my mind uh, that fast. Well,
0: regardless, Dopus, thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out uh, before we go on to the next caller?
3: Uh, No, just shout out to 100 Thieves for winning their first title. That's cool. I'm glad that we have more solid teams in the LCS. I hope that you and TL do as proud at Worlds. Um, I don't have much faith in Cloud9 right now, but hopefully they can prove me wrong too. But I think TL and C9, you know, I think you guys have a chance. You guys can get our groups. Very good. So. Well,
0: uh, asp- aspirational indeed you guys can get out of groups uh, dopest uh, I'm going to go ahead because Twitch chat is calling for it and give you game Feel victory caller uh, so just um, just drop me a message uh, do you have Twitter actually uh, I'll, I'll yeah, follow yeah, up with I've, you wait. I had to change my message settings on, on Discord recently so you can't just message me but I'll, fi- I'll figure something out All right, um, cool. anyway thank you so much for the call um, and we'll catch you next time
3: Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful night. See ya. See ya. Peace.
0: Okay. Off Mark goes to grab the next caller. We got Soju Ninja. Thank you for the 16 months. Justin the Fresh for 9. Fish Sticks 44 for 25. Raskin Can for 10. And TJ Slayer. Thank you for the Prime. Thanks everyone who's subbing. Uh, Very, very generous of you. Thank you. You, If you have a Prime sub, you can hover your cursor over the screen and you'll find out if you have one available because there'll be a little crown there and you can click it maldini is here maldini where are you calling from
4: i'm calling from Novato, california uh near san francisco nice it's Nevada. Nevada, yeah
0: oh okay i've not heard of it either way uh thanks for calling what do you want to talk about in the show tonight
4: yeah so um i want to give hundred thieves like you know just amazing credits for being the fifth individual like or fifth unique winner for the lcs uh i think that's like Like a huge thing for the LCS, and it shouldn't be understated. I do think, however, that their path to the finals um, was sort of like a one-in-ten chance. I mean, uh, when you think about it, I think that C9 and uh, TL massively underperformed, and the inverse was true for 100 Thieves. I think they massively overperformed to how they were looking um, prior to those series that they played in. I think that... If you look at the players on TL and C nine, the uh, the the roof for them is higher than hundred thieves, I believe, and I think that they just hit like the lower side, and hundred thieves hit the higher side when playing their series.
0: Gotcha. So it's a a hundred. <laughs> you know. By the so... way, I just want I just want to say something really quickly. <laughs> I asked and free. I am really happy you are here, but the immediate thing to do once you ask. Uh, 100T, or once 100T wins, is I messaged Papa Smithy, I said, hey, can any of your players make it on the show? Yes. And he's like, oh, we got a lot going on tomorrow, they're really busy. I was like, okay. Uh, I was like, oh, Freeze, that's perfect. I loved interviewing Freeze. He'll be a perfect guest if if you can make that happen. And he's like, yeah, I'll hit up Freeze. Freeze comes on. Now, in the Twitch chat, we got Hoohee and Closer. Uh, Closer, I'm sorry to say, caller, he thinks your take is uh, very bad. Um Super
1: before we get into it i just want to say i appreciate the caller you know not pulling the punch too much for what their their take was the ro- rolling the one in ten you know no, it, here, takes a, it takes takes guts to come in here and tell that to the, the member of the team that and, just rolled that that 10 out of 10 apparently
0: and by the way i just want to point this out because people complain that the the calls are not that great sometimes or whatever and i think it gets really boring when we have a guest on and you know we have three calls in a row that are some variation of 100T is the best team ever and oh my god we love 100T because then the guest usually just goes oh I agree with everything you're saying about my team um, but Mark before we let Freeze unleash and maybe he can you know get some messages from who he and closer to insult our caller uh, but Mark what what do you think because it to the caller's point nobody predicted 100T to do as well as they did it did feel like TL was just kind of like rolling over in some of those matches. It didn't really feel like they put up a bunch of a fight, whether because Hunter T was stomping them or because they sucked and didn't show up. Uh, I don't know about cloud nine's game the day before. So I I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on the three teams and their performance this weekend relative to how they normally are.
1: Saturday. I don't think I didn't have any strong opinion of like perform overperforming or whatever, because I predicted T uh 100 Thieves to win. And I said 3-2 or 3-1. I, I can't remember what I said on the dive and stuff, but I already thought they were going to win anyway, so that wasn't like a shock. Um, I thought TL was going to win the finals, so I can say I was surprised, but I don't think... I and mean, that's more like, oh, I was wrong, more than like, oh, man, Tom Thieves just got fucking lucky, TL didn't show up. I don't think TL played well. I mean, like, a 3-0 stomp after, against a team, you know, is almost always that team probably didn't play well unless it's just a, a gig of skill gap, and I don't think... TL's bad players. So um, I think part of it, you know, TL didn't show up, but I, I don't think that it means 100 Thieves would have lost if TL did. I thought that they made some adaptations in draft and stuff that I really liked, um, like taking the Shen, dodging Orin. I don't think they played Orin in any games. No, they didn't. So, like, there were some of those things that I didn't, I didn't like in their first series where I was like, oh, they're, they're playing too much scaling. I want them to play more early game. And I, I think they, at least from my outside perspective, did have some of that shift. Uh, and some of their champion pools and stuff, and I think they adapted well in the week off. Freeze has been talking about how much they focused on their mid-game and stuff. Um, I'd have to go back and remember, but I remember Closer having a really good series against TL the first time around too, and I think they won a, a bunch of their early games, if I remember. And so the fact that they clean up their mid-game means they actually like snowball that lead is, is a pretty big deal. So I don't know. I don't think it's... Oh, one team got lucky. The other one got unlucky. I think like one team made more improvements in in the week off for the rematch.
0: Well, two two quick follow up on on that. Not talking about the teams and how they performed, but do you feel like there's any sense that like the the players individually under and overperformed in a lot of cases, right? Like I think a lot of people were really critical of how often Perks seemed to get caught out on Saturday and a lot of his deaths felt weird. Did you
1: watch him in the regular season? I'm, he led the league am, am, at pre-15 and mid laners I am
0: only trying to spark discussion. I know, um, I I'm not, then, This is
1: me flaming the people sure, having sure. mistakes, not flaming yeah, yeah, you yeah, for yeah. asking the question.
0: And then, and then, similarly, you know, it just felt like there was a lot less coming out of TL on, on the individual stand. Like, you didn't see Cord J like playing the way it feels like he normally does. And then on the other hand, is there? I mean, that was probably the best series of closers life right at least in his experience over the past two years in north america because it uh, he played out of his mind right so i don't know if you feel like he it it didn't seem like it was always just hunter t doing really well obviously they improved their macro was great but closer individually just seemed to play incredibly well right so do you what do you think of those types of conversations
1: didn't he play incredibly well in the c9 series like single-handedly won them the game on lee when they didn't have like any other forms engage and got two insects off on people and he carried a bunch of games. I forget it was the EG series that he was smurfing with with Viego, and that started the whole like don't give closer Viego thing. Was actually at the very start of playoffs. Like, yeah, as closer set himself in Twitch chat, usual closer gameplay. I I didn't think it was. I mean, he I, I made the case on the dive last week, and even on the pre-show before the the CNI series that he he has a case for being the most dominant player in playoffs at the time at any position. So like yeah, when he when he hulk's out it's not a surprise so I, I don't think it was an overperformance at all
0: okay freeze uh time right. time to unleash you on on the caller okay so this your c- credit to you on your one in ten fluke win uh what what what, what do you got How to did say you wait the dice <laughs> yeah exactly
2: so, so let me start with this right so <clears throat> As I said, I don't really watch uh, social media. I only catch up the most uh, the most obvious ones when the players are talking about it. Uh, so there is a is everyone was talking about you know that the C9 TL is going to be the finals. Everyone was talking about you know EG, PSM uh, um, and and TL or C9 making it to Worlds. Uh, so everyone was kind of like under uh, saying that we're bad, which. Uh, to some extent, I would agree with that before the playoffs, uh, we were definitely on the way down, we were in the slump. Uh, and the other teams were looking better. But uh, doesn't that mean then if we're that bad in a regular season and then we fucking destroyed every single team we play on our way up and you could see the progress for versus EG, we would have five games, the games would be close and wouldn't be looking good, Then you would. Play, we would play C9 and the games would be looking much better but still not clean and then we would play TL and the t- TL games would be fucking giga stomp doesn't that just means that we're better team better players we're improving when everyone else is not improving and we're stepping up and playing well when everyone else is fucking choking that just means we're better players we're better we're better players we're better team it when it when it matters we fucking stepped up and we fucking destroyed everyone so everyone shut the fuck up you fucking suck you could have done it too we did it you didn't we're the fucking champions you are not so now shut the fuck up and let us enjoy the fucking trophy we worked our ass off everyone
0: maldini uh he did say everyone so i believe that includes you is there uh, is there any follow ups to any of of what you were saying?
4: No, yeah, no, I respect that. I respect that. Um, I think well, when I was making the take, I wanted to draw the the line at lower bracket finals, so hundred thieves and C nine, and then hundred thieves and TL. So I wanted to compare like the play before then and then the play after, um, because hundred thieves versus EG was like a completely different look than hundred thieves versus uh, TL in the finals. So that's really where I saw that like 100 Thieves compared to how they played versus EG really overperformed. And NTO really underperformed compared to how they did um, against 100 Thieves the first time and against uh, TSM and C9.
0: Gotcha. So you're just sort of saying like, if you look at the playoffs in general, you, you don't, in your mind, you don't perceive it necessarily as, and correct me if I'm wrong, as 100T like growing over the course of the the playoffs and these other guys slumping you, you mean like this, it was, it was kind of random that like hundred T was able to peak at the time that they did. And that TL and C9 slumped at the time that they did. That's kind of what I'm picking up.
4: Uh, Sort of. So I don't think it was completely random. I think that they did definitely like with every series they played, they got better and it showed. I think that when you going into finals weekend, which was, that was what, that was just C9, 100 Thieves and 100 Thieves CL. I think the weeks before they were looking uh, completely different to how they looked in finals weekend. And that's, that's uh, really where I draw the distinction. Gotcha.
0: Okay. Well, either way, thank you caller. And sorry, sorry that I didn't get your argument out uh, a little bit earlier. I I wanted to run interference quickly before everyone got to you and, and perhaps should have given you a little bit more space for your take. Is there anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break?
4: Uh, shout out Alienware, shout out GameFuel, um, you know, the show wouldn't be possible without them. Uh, actually, I do want to shout out Closer. That least in play on Tactical was insane. Um, so mad respect for that one. Very good.
0: Thank you, uh, Maldini, for the call, and we'll catch you next time.
4: All right. Thank you. All
0: right. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware, and there's a new cool thing that I got to let you guys know about. If you head over to Alienware.com Travis... Up at the top, you are going to see Join the Alienware Games, uh, which you can you can uh, check out from August 27th to October 7th. The finals on October 23rd. It's a big, cool thing that they are doing um, where you can compete in all sorts of games like Fortnite, Valorant, Rainbow Six Siege, etc. Additionally, in addition to that, if you, browse, if you go to Alienware.com slash Travis, please uh, do that first. It's very helpful. And then you head over to the Alienware website. What you will see is right now, Intel Gamer Days are happening. Uh, This normally happens in the fall, and it's a big, big way to get discounts on gaming laptops, PCs, and so much more. Um, And so that's kicked off here on the 27th, and it runs through Labor Day, which is September 6th. So please uh, do yourself a favor, take a look at the deals that are going on on the Alienware website. For Intel uh, Gamer Days, it is a very, very cool thing to be able to. You know, sometimes you, you think, oh, I got to wait till Black Friday. I got to wait till, I don't know, whatever other holiday time uh, to get a great deal. Well, guess what? There's a fantastic window right now, Intel Gamer Days, to get a, a great deal on an Intel computer. Uh, and when you do, make sure that you use the code in the description of this. I don't know if it'll stack. doesn't already stack. Sometimes it does. It seems. I. I don't have all the details on when and when it won't. Uh, but if you're watching this on YouTube uh, or you're listening to it on a podcast, you can go check out the YouTube description to get that link. Uh, and thank you everyone so much for supporting um, what I do because you support Alienware and they support what I do. So it's very, it's the, what is that? One of those properties. Mark, you're not paying attention. It's okay. No. Transactional property. No, don't I ever. Transitive property. All right. Thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We love you guys, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, Mark. Yeah. What do you got? You got another caller for us coming up?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thank you to TJ Slayer, J Uh, I'm Elvis Four for 39 months, Q Parker, uh, Nodak who gifted a sub to closer. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. The best cliches and. Crimson Clement Clematis? Is that how it is? Either way, thank you everyone for subbing. Mark is grabbing the next caller right now, and he will be back momentarily with that individual. And here it is. Dank Jesus is here. Dank Jesus, where are you calling from?
5: Going from Aveiro uh, Portugal.
0: Oh, I'm gonna turn you up. What's that?
5: I'm going from uh, Aveiro, Portugal.
0: one more time. Sorry, you're if you can get a little closer but, to the um, microphone, you're kinda of quiet for me. Caller,
1: he muted himself. He's back.
0: Caller, what? Where are you from? Airport. Oh, you're cutting in and out. I think. Uh,
5: well, let's see if you I can, can give us. Your, get, see what, about you, okay, what about
0: Okay, yeah, them? you sound better now. Where are you calling
5: from? Okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm calling from a uh, very Portugal. Oh, okay. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my take is that the three teams that NA is sending are the three best teams that uh, NA will ever sent has ever sent so far. They still won't make it out of groups, probably. Okay. <laughs> no, I know it's sad, but hear me out. I think uh, the biggest problem for NA uh, right now is that the lack of. Uh, high level practice, The variety of high level practice is what's really holding them back, right? Uh, I'm gonna just break this down. I think right now there are, let's say S plus teams, right? You've got uh, Mad Lions from EU, you've got uh, Damon from the LCK, you've got multiple teams in the LPL. I'd say FPX is definitely the clear favorite, but you've also got EDG with their slower style. I don't think there's an S plus tier in NA, and I think that really stifles the growth of the region uh, when it comes to international competition. NA uh, teams always have to play catch-up in boot camps. EU teams also do, but usually less so because they still have more variety with multiple EU Masters teams. Uh, and uh, NA teams, I'd say this is another thing, at least this is, right, this is uh, the untrained eye talking here, but NA teams don't have clearly defined strengths and weaknesses the same way uh, other top-tier teams from other regions do. Like, uh, let's say, for example, FPX, their early roping styles don't beat, their flexibility uh, just dominates the map. Fnatic's early game looks insane. Mad Lions have that insane mid-game team fight. That one always, along with, I'd say, EDG, though uh, EDG, I can't really put my mind on them. They choke you out uh, throughout the game. I don't see a strong, uh, a big strength for NA teams, the same way I see this, that strength for, you know, in other teams. Yes. And so you and, just think uh, it'll
0: be tough because we don't have access to a variety of, of opponents with different play styles. And, yeah. and also there's no, none of our... Teams are particularly, you know, at top tier the way that you think there might be at least one or, yeah, or multiple think, uh, in every S, other
5: region. Yeah exactly. S plus teams are teams that I would say are true title contenders, but uh, this gotcha. is obviously for worlds. It always depends on player form, how the team speak, how the practice goes. So it's not workout. even
0: that we can't it's not even that we can't get out of groups because we don't have like a title contender, or rather, not because there's nobody that will get out as the title contender, but because there's not a title contender, none of our teams can get good enough and we'll, we'll, won't be able to level up and fast and in time yeah, in the, in the bootcamp.
5: It's, it's, it's not just that. Usually, I would say, even without uh, you know, a title contender, a really, really strong team pushing the other teams, uh, uh, I think this year, and they would have made it out of groups if not for the fact that wildcard regions are looking much better uh and uh, the last thing again ties back to the whole practice thing uh na teams uh, will probably we see it every world's right uh na teams get punished for mistakes uh in the international stage that they sometimes don't get punched for in NA.
0: okay freeze are we doomed Give, give no. us the hope you yeah.
5: Just 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 to just to ma- just to make uh, myself absolutely clear. This is really quick, like, you got ten yeah, yeah. seconds so far, and uh, not a hundred percent. You still like there are still really good players, even the native players. I've been impressed with them. Go ahead. Okay, uh, gotcha. I,
2: I definitely have to agree with what you're saying to some to a some extent. Um, I, I think the teams they're not as as right? But the players are capable of being the same level or slightly lower than everyone than the best players in the world absolutely. and and for me it's th- this is a tr- this is a very interesting topic because for me it is absolutely like you you have a good logic you have you're correct in the way you're saying this uh but in a some extent where i only feel this way if the players and the coaching staff is lazy of the, the the top three teams then na is doomed and will be doomed and will never you know, like there has to be one team in NA that will do everything in their power all the time. Watch all the all the other leagues and and learn from the other leagues because they're better than NA, and then do it in NA. And then when we when when that team does it in NA, everyone else will learn it from them. And then they will, if they're not lazy uh, and they are actually actively trying to beat the first team, then they will. Make new ways of approaching the way they, the the num the number one team plays, and yeah. that that way that the region will improve, right? Uh, so so I definitely agree with that. Uh, I must say though that I am incredibly proud for for having the players we have on hundred Thieves because as I said before, they are fast learners. Uh, I saw this in spring. I saw this in summer. Whenever we go over a point, they learn it super quick. They implement it super quick, and and they even improvise on the point. So for us in 100 Thieves, uh, it is basically about getting to EU as fast as possible and playing versus the best teams, and scoring versus the best teams, because I know if we have enough time, we will get on the same level as them. 100%. The, the players have it in them, and we will be beating them.
4: It's yeah, just about, about
2: it. if we can get there fast enough and play enough scrims and and practice long enough versus the top teams.
1: Uh what do you think about the other two? Because you you agree with the logic somewhat, but what about the actual assertions that this is the best three teams we've ever sent to NA? And also that what do you think like the likelihood is that you get out of groups? He's saying it's not gonna happen.
2: Yeah, I don't pay attention to each of the world's teams and, and each of the seasons, how good they are. Um so I can't really say that, but a 4B is we will get out of groups with hundred leagues. I'm pretty sure of it. With uh, other teams, I'm not so sure if they will get out of groups because you could like the, just just looking at the improvement we did and everyone else didn't improve, I feel like we'll get out of groups. If we, you know, if we fly over to Europe fast enough, get the visa for uh closer and then practice with everyone, then we will get out of groups.
0: Uh, And if you don't, to your early point, it's because the coaching staff and players are lazy, right, Freeze?
4: (laughs) Yes.
2: Yes.
0: Okay. Thank you. I'm glad we've got that. Uh, I'm just going to clip that and keep it around for a couple months just in case. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Mark, what do you think of this? I mean, last week we had a This is the best three teams, but I'm uh, obviously not as much of a. This is a twisted version of that call in some sense.
1: It's a twisted negative version of the hype. Um, yeah. I feel like Freeze already hit on a lot of like the, the bigger picture points. There's a couple of nitpicks that I always like to throw at people with some of the, the points being made. Um, not that I necessarily disagree, um, but like the idea that iron sharpens iron is like a very common saying You know that people have about if there's a good team that you can practice against, you're going to get better yourself. And that's obviously true. Um, but I don't think you need that. And there's plenty of instances of teams... Like how does the best team in the world become the best team in the world? If if they're like, who are they playing against? The teams worse than them. You can't improve by playing people worse than you. Um, how does it swap regions? Like how did the best team in the world become Damwon when the year before was in, in China? Like, yeah, they probably scrimmed some of them, but they also just improved. How did Kobe Bryant go straight to the NBA from fucking high school? He worked really fucking hard. You know, like there's instances of people and teams elevating themselves uh regardless of situation of who they're, they're practicing against um and i think that to freeze's point comes to the team itself can't be lazy they can't be happy with three 0ing their scrims that day um you know the coaching staff and the players have to always be looking for the best way that they can improve um, because you are somewhat still a product of your environment it does suck that you can't play these top teams and like you said caller you're going to get punished against a top team a way that you won't get punished against a bad team. And you'll have to learn like, okay, I guess I can't do that. I guess I can't draft this way. I can't blind this thing. I can't do this thing. This matchup really plays this way. Um, you, you do learn all that stuff. Uh, but um, again, I feel like you have to just hold yourself to a higher standard and say like, you can't just put it on. Oh, well we need to get out there. Um, and Like we don't have good teams. So we're just fucked. I, I, I don't really buy that portion of the, the argument.
0: Mark, what do you okay? Uh, before last week to this week, did your opinions on how many teams or if any teams were getting out of groups at Worlds change? Because I think there are a lot of last people week,
1: What did I what did I say last week? Well, I
0: yeah, I forget I forget what you said last week. I think you maybe avoided saying anything, which maybe mate was what's you saying that that you didn't think it. Um but I think there are some people, and I kind of felt this, right? Whenever all these teams looked like they were on the same level, they all looked a lot more competitive, a lot more interesting, and you're like, oh, wow, we're sending three great teams to Worlds. But then 100T just showed up and made everyone else look bad this past weekend, so now it feels like we're sending one good team to Worlds. Um, I,
1: don't, I don't buy that shit at all. No, no, no. I, I feel like we're sending three good teams. I agree with the caller. I mean, like, I'm not optimistic because I'm jaded. Not not that these teams did anything wrong. I am just a jaded North American
0: fan. Yeah, there was not uh, a world in which any team would have made you very optimistic this year. No,
1: I mean, you could have, like, they could have been the greatest team in North American history, like, 28-0, undefeated, go to Worlds, not dropping a game in playoffs, and I'd be like, I don't know about these guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, but I think... Um, I said, I think, last week that I, I would expect at least one team to get out of groups. I feel like, if not, it's a failure. I, I want that as our expectation. That, like, I would love to win a best of five. That would make me really happy. But if we if a team doesn't get out of groups, it should be viewed as a failure for for their attempts. I mean, sometimes you get in a really fucking stacked group and you're just like, well, fuck me. Um, and that, that sucks. But outside, like, those situations... Yeah. I will say, groups are getting harder. Because... I mean, last year, Mad Lions kind of fucking sucked, <laughs> you know, with how they, they busted out. Yeah, no offense to them, but they busted out in the play-in stage. Um, but in theory, the four seed from uh, LPL and LCK are going to be better than play-in teams, which are typically who you would be getting in your fourth spot, potentially, in, in a group. Um, and now you'll be getting a fourth seed probably from then if they make it through play-ins. Um, we don't know that yet, but... Uh, it at least is more likely that these teams are better, even if it's a playing team that gets out over them. You're more guaranteed that that's actually a strong team than you would have been in previous years where plans have been a little bit weaker.
0: So, I mean, to to that point, uh, Mark, is there a chance where we are setting the three best teams, but this this will be the toughest groups ever?
1: I think both those things can be true. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's yeah, sure, a, that's right. a nice little way to to calm to pour some ice down anybody's. uh pants if they're good that the, was the, that the, was that
1: not <laughs> hyping you guys up <laughs> what well, 100 do you speak it out over china lck and and eu they get first seed that with uh the other regions all represented isn't that more hype
0: at least one of them will choke there's usually something that goes terrible in ins for a major region team and uh and I feel i'm talking like...
1: about regular group stage when they when they six uh, yeah over yeah, group, yeah it's, it's gonna be yes. so hype
0: but i'm just saying maybe maybe DSM. one of these don't don't escape i don't know okay dank jesus uh, sounds like you've got some mixed reactions here to your your take. Is there anything you want to uh, shout out before yeah. we say goodbye?
5: Yeah, can I just uh, just just hit on hit one sure. point uh, because I definitely agree with uh, Mark about what he said about the teams uh, because uh, the people, the reaction people had to any teams when they had uh, some series that weren't as spectacular. I don't think that matters as long as the team peaks at the right time, and uh, uh, that comes from the practice and the bootcamp that they have uh, pre Worlds and uh, i really hope uh, the uh, hundred thieves in particular doesn't get a group of death because i would like to see them get out of groups i'm a big fan of the org despite being uh, a much bigger LEC fanboy so shout out to papa smithy uh, in particular very good thank you so much also thank my you. Boy
0: thanks Sorry. so much thank jesus for the call and we'll catch you next time yeah bye all right off mark goes to grab our next caller uh thank you to Fish Emolson, Mandalorian, Muta, America Vespucci for 18 months and uh, o- Ogigs, thank you for the prime. Thanks everyone for the subs, very nice of you. Blue Blue Jay is here. Go ahead Mike. I got
1: this by saying that this take got three poop emojis <laughs> in in Discord, so we'll have to see what Freeze thinks of it.
0: Blue Jay, remind everyone where you're calling from.
6: Calling from Ontario, Canada.
0: Ontario, Canada. And freeze for context, Blue Jay is a frequent caller. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, Ontario, Canada, Blue Jay, what is your three poop emoji take?
6: Yeah, there's going to be some flame for this, I think. But anyways, uh, the take is that it's time we accept that the perk signing has been a huge disappointment. His good performances are too few and far between. But this does not mean that he can't turn things around and erase it all with a good performance at Worlds. Um, But he's got a long way to go at this point. Well, Breeze, you just destroyed Perks
1: on Saturday. Why'd you guys do that to him?
0: well, here here's one thing. I think it's worth pointing out to to Blue Jay's credit that Perks was set up as the ultimate boss in the hype video this weekend. And then by the day of they aired a different cut of the hype video, which Perks was not in because he'd not moved on. Uh, and he <laughs> talked about how he got all this domestic success. but he comes to the, you know, it's easy to dominate in LEC. You know, you got all those people over there. You come to the big leagues, LCS, and of course you're going to struggle. And that's what we're seeing. Perks facing some real mid laners now in in the LCS. And uh, Freeze, you agree with me, right? That's what's happened
6: uh yeah 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 <laughs> sure <laughs> i can add I mean, on as well if, if you need me to yeah go
0: ahead you can just, feel feel free to, to elaborate a little bit and then fr- i'll start to freeze
2: yeah just, just a question though um the was he was perks playing ad carry and then roll swap back to mid lane and got signed for c9 or did he play mid lane for a split and then got si- assigned for c9 he
1: did he did mid lane in 2020 spring, spring. and then in 2020 summer he went back to ad carry so in 2020 and, he played both and then he got
2: signed after going and then to he AD got carry. oh so yeah. what i'm saying what i'm yeah so he basically played ad carry before he got signed for c9 right yep. yes but only for yeah.
0: once i mean obviously for multiple splits but it's not like he spent all last year one split yeah it was in a yeah. two-year period of him playing ad so yep. um yeah i don't know go ahead go ahead blue jay what were you gonna elaborate on
6: yeah the only small thing that i wanted to add is that this take is not about flaming perks it's a lot more about just holding players accountable to how other players are held accountable like i don't feel like i mean a lot of a lot of analysts and a lot of fans do hold players accountable in like a fair way but a lot don't and that uh, sometimes perks is making just huge throws that he himself will hold himself accountable for and some fans don't and that's just kind of whacked so yeah like okay yeah, kind of a, a, a
0: if he if, if he had his name played off type thing people would be more critical of him
6: Yes, if he was Jizuke, he'd be getting way more shit. That's kind of how I feel about it. Mm. Okay, I, mean,
2: I do kind of remember his TF and, uh, and basically giving us the game a few times with the either not flashing or tipping into us and dying. So he's definitely not performing well this, uh, this split, you know, or this playoffs uh, uh, for sure. So, but then again, uh, I know how fucking hard it is to roll swap in, in a game. Or in in League of Legends, and he for the past you know for like we've heard for the past two years he's been swapping to AD to mid to AD to mid, and then before coming to C9 he was still like for the entire split he was playing AD. So yes, he's not playing well, but I, I, I still feel like you gotta cut the the man some slack, you know, give him give him more time, see how he does. uh Because when he came back when he came to NA he was so bad he was playing mid lane so fucking bad uh, the, the first few weeks and then he started improving 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 uh and then he's i mean yeah he's not playing well i'll give you that for sure he's not playing well but uh he is he's is a player that achieved a lot and then i feel like if he wants to do it he will do it again that it's it's up for him if he wants to do it or not that he, would... he only he knows that
6: I so would I, even add on to, to be also to be more fair to Perks that not only is he roll swapping, he's also region swapping, which we've seen be really hard on a lot of players in the past as well. So just to give him some slack, I would add that meh, as well.
7: Meh,
2: meh,
6: meh. Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Free,
1: Freeze, Freeze has uh, done the region swap as well. I don't know. Do you culture shock yourself? You couldn't go outside in LA without throwing up?
2: No, no, no. It, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter, yeah. For, for, european to na it doesn't matter interesting
6: interesting
1: i mean i'll also say it's it's probably somewhat personal as well like i think if it was santorin or amazing their first time swapping like it wasn't like a culture shock thing it was just like home homesickness more than that so like i think for some people it it can matter maybe but it's not like korea to, to na where i have seen players culture shock and just been like they feel horribly uncomfortable with everything yeah Mark, and it could vary by player to
6: player for sure right
0: for, okay, real two quick things freeze one, you said, give him more time. At what point in time has he had enough time?
2: Uh, when worlds is done.
0: Okay. So you, you, for you, it's like, okay, you had the year, but now you're going to worlds, you better make it work. Otherwise, yeah, you are sucking.
2: Yeah. For if you, he doesn't you. perform at worlds, uh, after practicing versus the best then. It's BG for him. He's washed. Yes. What uh,
1: what what constitutes performing at Worlds for you? Is it like an individual metric? Like, hey, his team didn't get out of groups, but perks looked really good. Or is it more of a team success thing? Like, you know, they got out of groups.
2: Mm, that really comes down to what type of a player he is or he wants to be. Uh, there are players that will play for the team. And when the team does it badly, then they will look bad. And then there will be players who play for themselves. And then even if the team does badly, he will look very well. So there's always a balance between those two styles of playing and it depends what Perks wants to be doing. Because if if he will actively try to play for his team and, and help everyone else rather than himself, he will end up looking slightly worse uh, in the end. So that will come down to whatever he wants to do. And however, he feels like he has the biggest success with winning uh, with C9. Um, but yeah, it will be the individual performance for him.
0: Well, uh, Mark, how about you? Me what is perks sucking? Does he still get more time?
1: I don't think he sucks. I think, um, I mean, he's, he's making more mistakes than I'm I'm used to him seeing, but I don't think he's washed or terrible. Um, I can understand if he busters out at worlds fans will be very upset though i think there's a lot of expectation that was put on to him joining uh here so i i think he's disappointed that expectation
0: has he disappointed your expectations you're asking me maybe? mark
1: uh a little but i mean like i didn't think they were gonna win spring or they were gonna win lock-in i thought they win spring then they won spring msi was kind of and then this split has been kind of hit or miss for him. So like I I don't know, has he been? I don't think he's that far off my expectation. That I'd be like, where's my perks accountability thread? The way some people see. like <laughs> I'm definitely
6: not on that level. Yeah, well I think if we looked back at like the start of the year and we heard that he wouldn't be even an All Pro or on the All Pro ballot in summer or that he would be one game away from like complete failure of not going to Worlds, I think that. That's an area where, we're, I, I don't know, I think a lot of people would be really afraid. And I, I would even say Cloud9 is probably still questioning whether they made the right decision. And they'll probably have a final answer after Worlds. Like, if Perks pops off at Worlds, I think most North American fans would agree, who gives a shit about about regular season anymore? Worlds is what we care about. That's where we always suck, right? So, he's no, I, I, still got a I... redemption. He's, he's got a chance to redeem himself. But for now, we have to say he has not looked consistently good.
1: I, I i think, think that's C&I fair C&I i think it's
0: are, go ahead mark
1: all the cni fans are watching that Fnatic those series this weekend just missing Nisqy. that's that's what i think's happening i mean yeah, it, we we
0: had a uh a run it that we were thinking about doing if if Nisky went to worlds and perks didn't and just sort of comparing the two of them because it is it Spice. is pretty wild yeah how that goes uh, I don't know. He's definitely disappointed in my uh, my expectations. I agree that he can redeem himself at Worlds if he has his pop off performance, but like right now, I don't. It's hard for me to think there's much evidence that that's going to be the case. You know, we did a run it this past week about um, if per- perks factor is a thing or if uh, playoff perks is a thing, and people got really upset because if you look at it statistically, it's not been the case and he doesn't normally get mvp and stuff and so maybe it is his like stepping up and leading the team but uh you have to basically uh, say there's no direct evidence other than the wins for playoff perks being a thing and some people go well if you are winning all the time then that means you are playoff perks and i'm like okay well there's other people who won a lot of titles and they were not necessarily playoff so-and-so um so I, I don't know I am I am really I I I would have never thought he wouldn't I would have I would have for sure thought he'd make uh, the All Pro team and I think it's wild that he didn't and I don't know just it's just wild JHB team in the chat okay uh, Blue Jay thanks for the call anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller.
6: Yeah, just quick shout-out to 100 Thieves. I was I was thinking about, like, what this win means to all, like, the individual people, like the players, the coaching staff, obviously Papa as well. It means a lot for so many different storylines. So just huge shout-out to 100 Thieves. I think it's really cool that they got the dub. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Yeah, congrats. Congrats to 100 Thieves. Thanks so much for the call. Take care. All right.
1: Are you doing an ad read now, or am I getting another?
0: We'll do one more. Thank you to... Nope, nobody else has subbed. Uh, So there's now we just sit here in silence. That's normally (laughs) when I read out a sub and no one subbed between the last call to this one. So Um, it's just Freeze and I hanging out. Nice, nice apartment, Freeze. Like it. You're in the living
2: room. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. It's uh, a one bedroom apartment. Uh, So it's like uh, living room slash kitchen studio type thing. Everything sort of.
0: Nice. Uh, There's a bunch of subs. I'll read those out after this. Bill. Bill, Bill,
8: Will Roku, is that how you say it? It's B-Will Rock You.
0: B-Will Rock You. All right. Well, uh, everyone who doesn't know how you spelled your name will have to forgive me. Anyway, what do you? where are you calling from?
8: Uh, Akron, Ohio.
0: Akron, Ohio. What do you want to talk about on the show?
8: <laughs> um, I saw a tweet earlier that said 9 out of 10 of the finals players were not NA players. And that tweet was getting pretty rancid and even while i was in the waiting room i was seeing some of our uh more frequent callers saying well it doesn't matter if 100 t makes it out of groups because it's not an na team there's zero na players and i think that that stance is completely overblown i think the fans and the media make a much bigger deal out of the import rule than necessary travis you included um and i don't think any of that matters and i think someday is actually the perfect example why none of it matters
0: So, sorry, as an aside, you say people make uh, a big deal out of the import rule. Do you think, like, are you, uh, I know your call is not directly about this, but just for context, are you in favor of completely lifting it and removing it?
8: I think that if the teams individually do their due diligence to get the right players, that it wouldn't matter if it was gone or not. Um, And I think it would be better explained, you know, when I further explain the tape. Okay, go for it. I am 100 feet. uh, 100 Thieves fan I was at the 2018 finals and watched him get smoked I watched someday cry on that stage I also was there through the thick and thin when someday took a bench and went down to academy and played for an entire split just because about that the team was failing um and watching him get that win yesterday on stage and crying in the interview with Latigris was was like the pinnacle like that what more can you ask for in a storyline this guy was considered one of the top top laners in the world uh, world finalists he comes to North America and all he wants to do is win and at any point during his tenure on the team I'm sure he probably could have just left you know I'm sure when he was benched he probably could have just left and said no I don't want to take a bench I don't want to uh, play an academy I, w- I want to go win somewhere but he stuck around and he stayed because he wanted to win in this region and it wasn't his pride or anything anybody who's ever watched interviews with someday knows he just cares about that team and he cares about that league and he wants to win for north america he could do it anywhere but he wants to win here uh, i think core jj is another good example he's a literal world champion he comes here and he starts doing more stuff on youtube and d- putting out these support how-to's and uh organizing his own in-houses like he he wants this region to be successful and i don't think all of this uh, negative feedback about oh well we don't have any any na players so why should I care about the region it's not about where the player was born it's do they care about this league and do they want this league to succeed and I would say that the imports that we have right now all want to see this league succeed and that they all want to win I
0: don't know if all of them do but certainly the ones going to world seem to um, okay we'll I have a, a I, I have further. a big i have a big no thought.
2: None, of,
1: none of the staff is is na either freeze Lustboy, papa smithy reaper
2: none no. of them our analyst is from na born and raised, so well, here we okay. go
0: well he sounds like he should be looking for work come next year
2: um, <laughs> import coming for that job yeah
0: <laughs> okay i have a big kind of thought pro- thought on this um so i i don't know if anybody wants to go before me Freezer, Mark. You uh, can go. Uh, okay. Go. Oh, I'll go. Okay. I see two sides to this. One, uh, I don't think it is good that there was only one North American player in the finals. I think that there are a lot of people in North America who would love to be pro and to be playing on the final stage even if it wasn't in front of an audience and i hate that the you know people watching that who aspire to go pro in north america uh see that and think wow it is really difficult to do that um i think that that's really unfortunate i i this is not to say that i don't appreciate the players that are here or that i am like well, we got to change the import rule and get rid of all these guys or like 100 Thieves doesn't deserve it or they're not representing North America. But I do think that the system is lopsided right now towards players from other regions and that that is bad. However, if that is the only thing that you take away from 100 Thieves and their win, I think it is very short-sighted. Because for me, the story of 100 Thieves making it is actually a story about NA a development, ironically. Uh, because last year, three of these guys, people forget now, all this time later, but three of these guys, the core of them, uh, were FBI, Closer, and who he he was a washed player who it seemed like was just sort of hanging around in the league and people were waiting for him to retire. That was the general sentiment of him at the time. And Closer... Like, people had heard about him over here, but I do not think any fans generally were, I don't know, had had high expectations for him joining. Uh, similarly with FBI, you know, oh, we've just pulled from Oceania, some random, a narrow nepotism type thing. Um, and what that team was able to become, going from Golden Guardians, who like, Keck W Golden Guardians, you know, this team that is like at the bottom of the league, blah, blah, blah to last year where they pushed TSM to five games, and then this year winning the league and going to Worlds, I think shows that, yes, in North America you can develop talent uh, and have that talent become champions within the region. Someday similarly, like, obviously an incredible player from another region, but if North America is just this swamp that ruins everybody that's in it, like that dude would have uh, gone under a long time ago yet continue to be good. I know Abadage just came over here. Obviously, you know, he is he's the fifth member here, but for me I just think like North America can develop talent. If you can develop FBI from the Oceania region who's like, you know, all the things that people say hold back North America are 10 times worse there other than I guess the ping. Um and like that player can become the best AD in the league and become the champion uh, within two years of being here, I think we can do the same thing for North America players. So it is very, again, kind of backwards thinking, I get it, but you have to look at, in my opinion, the 100 Thieves team and say, yes, they are all import players, but that also does mean that we are capable of developing talent in the region over the course of just two years, uh, versus like hey we always have to import the next perks or whatever to to the region
8: yeah i absolutely agree i think you know we definitely have the ability to develop the, ta- the talent and this year more than any other year we've seen more north american talent come up into the lcs and be successful A Blaze olive danny is a shining star already i mean we we're getting there. Um, we're The league is getting better at it, but I see a lot of negativity just specifically, even after we've seen success stories, those players didn't make it to the final. So everybody's kind of shitting on the region again. So it's, it's just kind of more where it comes from.
1: I mean, I, I have stated my opinion on on this a fair amount. Like, I feel like if you pay the, the due diligence, you know, you, you pay your I'm an NA player tax, then you get a pass from me. Like, I don't think all import restrictions should be lifted. I like that there is a, a path to being a North American player, though. Uh, people like Someday, you know, to the caller's point, has been around forever now. He's the most tenured player in the LCS. As we talked about a little bit on, on the desk, like, you know, he's a fixture in the league. He feels like a North American player to me at this point. I know he didn't come from here. I know he didn't necessarily develop here as as like, you know, he was in OGN and all that stuff, but feels like it. And I, I would say that applies to most of the players on the team. Same with Huhi, You know, he's been here for fucking ever. Um, even before like LCS, like his days on Fusion, I think it was or whatever the fuck that team was called. Like he's been here a long time, even, even before he won on CLG. Um, so like... Yeah, these guys feel like North American players. I, mean, I don't, I don't care that they weren't born here, um, but that doesn't mean I want. You know, everyone can come over. Let's get five Chinese players who want to make worlds and don't want to have to compete in the LP. Like th- that will happen again, kind of like the LMQ situation. And if the LMQ guys stuck it out for, you know, five years, then sure, they'd feel like North American talent too to me. Um, not saying there's anything wrong with. That's that. That's why
0: you're fucking wrong, caller, to call me out about this import rule shit. Because when it, I, I think is important. To avoid the scenario mark is talking about and like whatever people say oh everyone just makes a big deal about this import rule thing it's not me sitting here being like oh no i hate that 100 thieves is going to worlds it's more like i don't want to see a team that was in the finals of lck last year end up in lcs because some company in the u.s made some deal with that team uh, to acquire all their players, or some bullshit.
1: Um, There's a really small other tangent I wanted to go on, which was the FBI point. I would love to get Freeze's take on this as a former carry player himself, as well as working with him directly. Like, how much did he develop in North America from like de- North American development versus like? I I kind of get the vibe. From watching it, that it's kind of like big fish in a small pond, who then went to a slightly bigger pond. Like OPL, there's plenty of good players there, you know. But it seems like it was a tough server to play on for for uh, solo key, even worse than North America. The scene was struggling, so it was an upgrade to come from OPL to here in terms of competitiveness, and he has then started dominating here as well. It feels to me like this is someone with a lot of talent and if you put him in the LCK or something he would continue to improve there because he's kind of just a beast so I I don't know how much you feel like that was North America and you guys or just like FBI's natural, like that's who he is kind of
2: thing. I think it's uh, pretty much him. It's his natural state, He's uh, I've always told him this and and I don't mean this to like, uh, you know, insult him or anything but He's an animal. He has very he he he's there. There's bunch of players th- and they have different personalities and they have different styles of playing and how they're learning and and everything. FBI is the guy that has instincts and and basically he improves those instincts by spamming games or by looking at at votes or going through scenarios and, and he trusts his feeling or you know instincts and then that's super well with it he's super talented uh, so he was good already when he when we were scouting him uh, when i was scouting him for 100 Thieves in spring actually i was surprised by him uh, how how good he was uh, i didn't i didn't notice him you know how, how much of an improvement he made when he came to Gordon Guardians because i wasn't paying attention to him uh but uh, he, he did improve a lot in NA How did how he did that? He, he did that by every single game I see him, he watches thoughts of Ruler and other players Full thoughts All the scenarios, all the trades, everything they do Watches all of them Day and night, morning and at night We go to the office at 10am, 10 10 a.m., we leave at 9pm All the time In queue, all the time so any player can do this in any region. You just need to want it badly enough. Uh, and this this brings the point to to me, where on uh, on on Sunday, when we're facing off TL, I look at TL players and I look at our players. I could see that in their eyes that we wanted ten times more than than TL players. We just wanted the win so much more that we, we made it happen, and it was such a quick stomp like, if you truly like, spend your living cell for something, you will be successful at it. it it is a fact well there you go so it, it's it's easy to say just want it, but yeah, that, that's how I feel about it, about this and any NA player can do this if they just, you know, like have the drive and, and want to do it like, there's a lot of talented NA players, you know. I love it. well,
1: uh, oh. hold on. Freeze didn't say. Are you guys North American team internally? Are you guys like, nah, we're the import team?
2: <laughs> nah, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, don't uh, I feel like know. I feel like at least for Sunday and uh, uh they know they're NA for for sure. Uh, they feel that way, and. Overall, we don't, we don't really like, we're representing NA, uh, we're NA, so we don't really like, we we don't feel like we're EU team or, you know, like international team, we're NA team. Caller,
0: thank you for the call. Is there anything you want to shout out?
8: Uh, shout out hundred thieves for that big W yesterday, uh, specifically someday for sticking it out. Um, I, I think that, uh, freeze. Proved a lot of my point that it may, you know, all we need is for the players to actually care and want to represent the region. And if we get more of those, I think the league is, is, still going to be strong. I don't care where they were born. I just want them to want to win here. Uh, but also shout out, uh, game fuel and alienware. Uh, my M15 R4 is running great and I love it. Hey, and, uh, thank you guys for happy. having me. Have a good night.
0: Awesome to hear. Thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. He shouted out game fuel, which is great because now I could talk about Mountain Dew game fuel our sponsor of Hotline League. We love game fuel Uh They, they will be if I end up in the US. I know I, I think I said this previously, but if, in, if I end up in the US for the world's games, you bet your ass I'm gonna be drinking a lot of game fuel because those hours I recall. Are wild from last year then they're going to be wild again this year even though it is in europe So thank you so much to mountain dew game field for sponsoring the show Uh, if you guys want to do me a favor You can go to gamefield.com slash travis Maybe you've already been before just going to the page is very helpful clicking around and take a look at some of their flavors Uh, you can use code travis when you check out to save five percent On your order, but they have a, a delicious variety of beverages for you, including Zero Sugar. Sometimes people ask about uh, if if they have something like that. They do have Zero Sugar, so you can go check them out. Watermelon Shock or Raspberry Lemonade. Uh, we thank Feels so much for sponsoring us and everything they do for the show. And by the way, if you guys have been completing the uh, Victory Pass, please tweet at me and let me know uh, how far you guys have gotten, because I'm curious how many of you guys have, have leveled that up? I never I've talked about it in the, past, or in the past, but there's only two weeks left in it. So if you have leveled up some or if you're looking to get to the next level of it, uh, be sure to check out the rewards section of the Game Fuel website. All right. Mark is grabbing the next caller. Thank you to all everybody who subbed whenever I cried about it last time. Uh, we got Indigo Fog, uh, Fiddle Your Sticks, Lor- Lorcai, Crash Cat, conneries matthew and our caller is here ron blade who's messing with something in front of his microphone ron blade where are you calling from
9: i'm calling from sydney australia
0: sydney australia okay were you cheering on fbi
9: yeah it is pretty exciting i mean obviously sad for fudge but um yeah no fbi is definitely very good
0: (laughs) well what did you want to talk about on the show
9: uh, so my take is just looking back on the format now that we've had a full year of this single season system. And I guess some of the changes that we had, I think there were clear upsides. I think having three games a week was great as a viewer. I think the main thing there was that it ensured you just had way more weekends where you had great matchups. Like in a two-game-a-week week in, in a 2 game a week system, you'd often have a weekend where you're like, uh, none of the teams that I care about are playing against each other. And so it's a bit less exciting, but with three games a week, you pretty much always got a matchup that you were keen on. Um, But I think there were also some kind of longer term downsides. Like I think the carryover of the spring record, I don't know, it really just made uh, Summer Split a bit more depressing, I think, for some of the teams at the bottom. Like as a viewer, I felt bad for them. I was like, oh, it's so rough to start with. And then it just keeps getting worse. And I mean, obviously you could argue if they just got better, then it would be fine. But like, I don't know. I think as a... it made it more sad for me to watch them play. Uh, and then I guess the other thing is I think the full year split makes having the seven and eight teams in playoffs just seem even weirder because it's like, no, we've really had a full year to make sure that these teams are not that good. And then it's like, we still give them this other chance. I don't know. I think that, yeah, the playoffs could do with a bit of a, a look, uh, a relook. I feel like there's a bit of, feels like every league likes to, just invent their own format that they think will then be the best but really they should really look around and see what other formats are kind of working and i think eu's probably got the right balance i guess between kind of spring record helping you in summer and but still having and that combination of the kind of old school gauntlet format for the third world spot with the traditional playoffs format but yeah
0: so i was very I'm very curious as to what caused such a sudden and dramatic drop in viewership over the course of the summer and I'm I'm wondering how much of it is my suspicion is there's just too many games like I know that's an unpopular opinion here but I think that and I, and I can understand from a viewer perspective it's like well I mean it's, it, are there ever too many games because I can always just watch the ones that I want or whatever but I do think like it's just a lot of content. Um, and so I think that's part of the thing that led to the viewership drop. And, and we saw that similarly back in the best of three days where I just feel like there were too many games and it, it became fatiguing to follow. Um, but maybe I'm completely wrong or maybe it's some combination of this, but also the, the carrying over of, of records where maybe just by like, to your point, late in the game, because it, it was basically like by the third week of summer, things started to get really bad. And by the last month, I know viewership was just really bad. It's recovered mostly in playoffs, but I don't know. Um, Mark, what do you what do you think of the format stuff?
1: Would rather hear what Freeze's opinion is because I I have mine, but I don't want to. You want to go hear his yeah. first so that you can tailor. Yeah, I want to steal his. his thoughts and then agree and be like, yep, oh, okay. I, 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 yeah, I agree. Yes, okay.
0: Well, yeah, Freeze, what do you think both of the the record carrying over and of the amount of games?
2: Uh. The, the record carrying over when I think about it it it's kind of good from from my perspective where at least it makes the the spring more important and every single match more important um for summer and and as a player you know I, I've always there's always been the spring doesn't matter and a lot of players had that when, when Springs doesn't matter you know when they would just take a break from 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 try harding and playing too much because they would be uh, burned out from from the entire year so I think that's that's good for for the players to keep trying or for the teams to like take it seriously but then the format I've never been form a fan of three games or free day game days of of a day uh, I actually agreed with Travis, or with you Travis there, where it feels to me that the, the the league is so full of content, there's so much content everywhere, that it's overflowing, it's oversaturated, where uh, LPL plays every single game, or every single day, you know, they have one day off, and then they play stage games every game, there's so much LCK games because they play BO3 you know there there is LEC games and there is LCS games where they, we play free uh three days a week so it's definitely really hard to keep enjoying it when it becomes everyday thing rather than than something you look forward to or where you like excited for it cuz right now it's like there's always league and there's always something so for me, if I was a viewer, the only thing I would right now care is about getting a player that I like or his personality that I like, and then I would watch only that guy and no other games. It would it wouldn't really matter for me to watch anything else than, than that personality, and that's what is missing for for me in in NALCS where there's a lot of the players are too nice, a lot of the players are afraid to say something. Well, let's fucking make a show, you know, like like just make the show you guys need to make the show so it's entertaining uh but yeah i i definitely think you know playing twice a a week is better than playing three times a week Uh, Uh, yeah yeah
0: so sorry just you would did you say you would you would keep the carryover from spring to summer but you like the idea of moving Um, twice a week
2: i I don't really mind either way that for me that is you know it's not that important that the carryover. uh Thing where I would have to think more what it means to the worst team in in spring or the the bottom teams in spring, and then you know carrying that that uh, score for summer has to be super depressing and super bad for them. So it might be actually bad to to have the carry on uh, score, but I don't really care that much right now, honestly. Because one
0: of, one of the arguments for carrying over and for having more games is. Well, you, the team can experiment more. And so I don't mm-hmm. know if you felt that way, like during the season where you like, oh, we've got all these extra games and we c- we're carrying over our spring record so we can try different stuff in the middle of summer.
2: Well, the whole season we're, we were trying to play new styles and new champions, all of that on stage. So we're kind of experimenting, but I feel like we would do it either way. If there would be three games a week or two games a week where. You, you know, you kind of need to find what is good for the team on stage because stage is different than scrims. And then, kind of from that perspective, when you get that information, you apply it to before playoffs. And then you you and create the strategy and environment for the the team with all that information you got in the regular season. And then you carried it over in playoffs. So, but in some extent, yeah, I guess more games is good. But it, it we would do it either way. So yeah, yeah.
1: So, I feel like, uh, let me ask one more question to Freeze before I get mine. Do you feel like with the whole spring not mattering thing, like this regular season games carrying over was better, the same, or worse than championship points of old?
2: Uh, How did the championship points work? Uh, It was
1: was based off playoff finish. So like if you got first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth in playoffs for spring, you would get more points the, the better you finished.
2: Yeah, and then in summer as well, and you would basically then have a gauntlet about the points, yeah. 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 Hmm. I think from... I think from the viewership perspective, the gauntlet would be better. Because it's more exciting to to see the gauntlet and someone that is, you know, like a lower bracket, possibly going all the way through the gauntlet. Uh, So I think the gauntlet would be, or the guy, usually the gauntlet for me was more hype than it is right now that you, you carry over this court.
0: Well, I think they kind of replaced the gauntlet with double elimination, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah. they and, they, yeah. they
2: really,
1: you would you would seed playoffs. If, if you did how it is now, like combining the two, you would use the, the championship points plus a regular season finish in summer right. to seed the double elimination thing. Um, but to Freeze's point, maybe a separate event is better for viewership either way. Um, my, my two cents on the whole thing, the three games a week angle, I don't have a strong opinion on. I would, you know, defer to what other people seem to have a, a strong opinion on. If, if teams fucking hate it because they lost the practice day and it just feels too compressed and or fans think there's too many games, I, I don't have a strong opinion because either way, I'm watching everything the LCS does and kind of whatever. The format, though, I have a very strong opinion on. I, I think it was pretty bad, um, the change for viewers. I think I understand for for players where it's like, oh, spring doesn't matter compared to 2020. Um, but I would be like, listen, winning a championship and going to MSI should be enough of a motivator as your job to want to do well. Um, I'm sorry it doesn't seed directly into Worlds, which is the most hyped event of the year. I understand that that might not feel like it matters, but I've always been like, how can you not care about your job enough? Whereas viewership I have to imagine it felt very fucking bad to go in and see 10th place team fighting 8th place team in week two already with pretty bad records. I got to imagine that made it less appealing to watch. And you already have a problem in summer from a viewership perspective. It always is lower than spring. Summer viewership every single year is worse than spring. And what you've done to make spring matter is make summer matter less and precede it to already have these like strong storylines going on. And I think that is one of the big reasons viewership dropped even more this time around. It was a bigger drop than, than you've seen before. Um, and I think that's... Maybe the, the three days a week thing contributed to it as well. But, like, I got to imagine if you're just kind of like an idle LCS fan and, like, you're already seeing 11 and... Or, like, 6 and 11 play 3 and 12 or whatever Golden Guardians was after the end of the, the regular season from Spring Split. It's just got to feel fucking bad even if they made upgrades and, like, roster moves and they start playing better. And then to Empire's point, eight teams make playoffs anyway. So, like, I just got to imagine it made the summer games feel very worthless for a viewer to think that they mattered. Like, they were, they felt like stakes were really low, um, lower than they've ever been. And I think that's a big problem with it, is, like, spring was already doing fine from a viewership standpoint. So what did this fix?
9: Yeah, I, I'd also I, say – sorry, if I can – I would just say that also, as I think the whole spring doesn't matter thing is, like, such a – It only really applies to, like, the best players in the league. And I think that's why it gets so much time and discussion is because, you know, obviously Doublelift most famously said it, but, like, uh, the people at the top spring doesn't matter to them because they're confident that they're going to Worlds regardless and they're confident that they've got this year to put it together. But, like, I remember once in an interview with Apollo or whatever, like, he talked about how, of course, he wants to win spring. Like, if you're in the bottom six teams or even the bottom seven teams, like, winning a title is an achievement in and of itself. And like, that's always going to be exciting and interesting to you. Like sure, if you've won LCS six times and you go to Worlds every year, like I can understand why spring is maybe, feels like a lot of effort because you really just want to be on, come play, like come Worlds patch time. But like for 70% or more of the league, like I feel that it is a thing that matters. And so like, as you say, you're kind of solving a problem that is really only there for a few people um, and screwing over summer as a result. And I mean, in EUs, they use championship points to seed playoffs in summer. So, like, it still does matter a bit. Like, Fnatic had to start at the bottom of the bracket because of their poor spring performance. And so, like, there is a balance, I think, to find there. But in general, I think it's an overblown point.
0: I, uh, I think the ones, this is like the tini- tiniest nitpick, but one of the things that really frustrated me was it became so much harder to track how a team had been doing. Because you had some of these bottom tier teams who actually would go on these big win streaks, or you know, if you only looked at summer record, you'd see like, wow, they're actually like in the top half of the league, and it would just never feel that way because they'd be like saddled with the debt from spring, and so like it was much harder to track these these hype stories of these teams popping off. As but, well,
9: sorry, uh, I was just saying, you can't tell me that CLG weren't more sad because of their spring record coming across and that I mean, that was the worst play.
0: They I don't know. That CLG I, I feel think, like is almost an argument that for not record, mattering.
1: I think yeah, they were they were probably doomed no matter what, but I will say starting this season with the record that they had and then going 0-3 their first week is probably just like straight sudoku sapuku, you know, you're just you're out of there mentally. Uh, yeah, it pressures the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's got to feel bad. And the team that I would reference actually is Immortals cuz they started 7 and 4 in summer, you know, they were tied they were tied for first place through the majority of, of the start of summer. Um, then they go th- on a 0-10 or maybe a 1 and 9 streak in the middle before rallying again in at at the end. And, like, because that they already had this, like, lump that you're just throwing these games into, it was hard to track the fact that they were, like, actually dom- like doing really well. Then it was hard to notice that they were dropping as hard as they were dropping. And then it was hard to realize they stabilized because they were, like, between 7th and 4th the entire split. Like, that's all it looked like.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a very good very good example of it. Uh, I think similarly, didn't um, Golden Guardians have, like, it, they had that huge run at the end, and it became a lot harder to tell because... They ha- they also just had like a fat L record from spring, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah,
1: I mean they finished eleven and sixteen. I, I don't remember exactly how it changed. But I know like once Licorice joins it changed a lot. That made it a had, little easier to tell. And they only won three swap.
0: games in the in the spring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so like I think it was a little easier to tell theirs, but like the the Immortals won because there was no roster change. There was no there was nothing that changed. It was just like you had to really be following them to realize
2: what was going on,
1: like streak wise with them.
2: Yeah. Hey, Ron Blade, thank you uh, so much
0: for the call. Oh, freeze! You were gonna say
2: something. Yeah, well, I had a, I had the um, idea actually when we were talking about the the formats and everything. the The best thing that ever happened this year was the Lock in tournament for me, uh, and I think for majority of the the fans and the, and players as well. Uh, that was something we fucking we got super excited about that, and we wanted to win that, and and I think it was it had like a huge viewership, you know. So so why not do that more often? Like just give us a tournament, or, or where you give like a prize money, and then everyone gets excited when prize money is involved and it's a tournament rather than you know it's a a four months long season like who the fuck you know like. Mark- I've always like. When I started playing as a player, I started playing because there were tournaments, and the tournaments would be every month. There would be a tournament in a different uh, country, and that's what I loved about it. That, that's that, that was super exciting. I got to like as a sixteen years old kid, I got to travel everywhere, see everything, and, and win money. You know, like yeah, that was the exciting part.
9: The downside of that though is that that works for the top teams but for the bottom teams it's like you play your seeding matches and then you just go out in the first round of the tournament and then you probably get to play like eight games a year while the good teams get mm-hmm. to like have best of five practice constantly like i think the league structure works to like maintain more players and more teams but i totally agree that like if you mm-hmm. just want to see best league of legends you just want to see the good teams playing for best of fives all the time
2: i think i mean this
1: spawns a big rabbit hole that i don't think we have time to jump down right now but there is a mixture of regular season plus more tournaments that you could do. You could use the secondary seed or system, the uh, amateur slash academy to supplement those teams that get knocked out early, you know, and like put them in Proving Grounds or some equivalent. Like there's, a, there's a lot of ideas, but I do like Freeze calling out like some of the good things about this year's format, which yeah. I think the lock-in tournament was fucking awesome.
0: Lock-in tournament was great. Mark, random question. Is there any reason why a lock-in tournament in summer would be a really stupid?
1: Time crunch. Uh, spring feels like you have a little bit more freedom. And they, they did compress the season to six games or six yeah. weeks to do that. Um, I feel like for a team like C9 and maybe some of the other teams, even like TL and stuff, to like play a meaningless tournament. Because, I mean, we talk about Spring Split. No matter I mean, like this, this literally is just a North American tournament. doesn't go anywhere. Um, it's good at the start of Spring to like get your roster together, um, I, I think. But I would feel like you come back from MSI you know you're struggling with all this stuff and you play a tournament that's not going to play into worlds at all whereas at least regular season games goes into your seating
0: i don't know i, I feel, feel like cloud like- nine coming back from msi would be rather playing a meaningless tournament with the way they were playing when they came back oh, all right. uh, all right. i mean msi teams in general have these big slumps so i feel like a meaningless tournament for them they would love um ron blade thanks so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we go on to our final caller
9: yeah, a quick shout out to Travis for once again cursing a team by doing lots of great content with Peter Dunn and hyping them up as a team that was definitely going to do well in the playoffs, just so they could her uh, out. Uh, thank you for once again making me care about people that uh, really struggle. Uh, but a serious shout out is to Rift Reaction, super great show, and whoever does the music for that as well. Like oh, Rift Reaction? Man, we so picked great.
0: that um, song. I, 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 They sent me and Emily a couple... Of, of different things and we sent we picked that song so i'm glad that you liked it um yeah i look i feel like it's really important to make people care about teams when eg was looking really good i was like okay here's a bunch of reasons to care about eg and then um yeah
9: yeah you, you did it it's there's a long list of people that i care about because of your interviews and your content that uh you know that it, but it can only work out for one team a year so that's that's whatever
0: yeah i try should should have hyped up Hunter Teemo, but they were slumping. So you know, I didn't. I was like, get these guys out of here. Okay, Ron Blade, thanks for the call. Oh,
9: I just just real quickly, I think I just want to say like, start of the year, the um, hype trailer for LCS began with FBI saying that he was going to save the LCS, and now he just won the LCS, and he's going to go to Worlds. So I called it out
0: them. in the press. Did you see me ask him about that in the press conference?
9: Oh, I haven't watched the press conference yet.
0: Yeah, yeah it's on my channel. You can go watch. I I specifically asked him about that because he said that to me. Like, I was yeah, the one yeah, yeah. interviewing him off camera. So, thanks, Ron Blade.
9: Catch Have a good one. Bye.
0: Okay, our last caller. Mark's going to grab him. Thank you to uh, Salam, Mowingness, 100 t- Talk Pod. Thank you for the raid and for the five gifted subs. Very nice of you. Killing You Guy uh, resubbed 100 a Talk Pod, Gift a sub to someone, uh, All the Dog for six months, Hernstrom, and Nornfang. Thank you, everybody, for the subs. We are 19 subs away from 900 subs. I don't know if we'll be able to get that before my stream is done, but uh, would it would be swell, especially because we're going in September where things are a little slower. PaperMan299, thank you for the prime. Thank you for the prime. Okay, Hello. a penguin is here. Penguin, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, always nice to have an international caller. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take was that a hundred thieves and met lions winning, uh,
7: this year just shows how the game has progressed in the past, like six to seven years where team cohesion is so much more important nowadays than just individual play. Cause I remember back in season three, season four, season five, the best teams going to worlds or like at least the top three in uh, China, Korea, uh, the U S and Europe most of them had this really 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 good player and the rest was more or less just like as backup or just trying to make sure that the the star player had a chance to carry the game through so all the way back to uh, faker when skt made their first run he was just like absolutely insane he was mostly the only talking point about skt um and then you had other notable mentions i think The most glaring one would be the Shy and the Rookie uh, with um, IG in China. But I feel like with MAD, you don't have one specific player that you can point to and say, this is the absolute top player in their role and they were just mashing everyone else. Because you had back and forth games with other players. And even though you can kind of say that for Closer and The Thieves, he said it in the interview himself, like, "Um, the team allows me to carry like because my team is so good because the team sets me up so well i'm a, I'm able to carry and i think it also shows how you don't really see casters talking about uh many teams doing the win lane win game strategy anymore you see a lot of pro players and um coaches when you go to code streams talking about how the best teams usually have the best diving setups they have the best map movements so uh server going too long but that was more or less my take like it's having watched League of Legends for like almost ten years now, it's very, very nice to see how the game has progressed and how like pro players really need to change their skill set to be good at this game now.
0: I I really like yeah. this and I do feel like it's something I've picked up over time. Uh it does feel like we're seeing a lot more of of just like, oh my God, that coordination, that play around this one moment mm-hmm. or this dive is so much cooler than back whenever it was just like one player popping off. Obviously you see yeah. both, but Freeze. I
2: I have my perspective on this as a player. It's been around for a long. You can do shit alone. You cannot do shit alone anymore. Riot made damn sure about that. They (laughs) they made the game that you can't do shit alone. Before in season two, three four, you could one v nine every single game if you were good. The game just worked that way. Now the game doesn't work that way anymore. And the the most important te- things in the teams right now is team morale uh and being able to sacrifice each other for each other that that is what matters the most because then you have no weaknesses uh, in in the game or as a team uh and then obviously you need to have a good fucking players but uh, the the game back then you you didn't have scouting sites you didn't like ever like i remember All of us pro players back then, we had different runes, everyone played their own runes, Uh, no one had like the same runes, you know, Uh, nowadays everyone has the same runes, plays the same champions exactly the same way, because there's so much like research and, and so much about the best way possible, so, and then the players levels the top player levels are not that different. There, There's a very slow difference. There's such a small difference between the best AD carry and the second best AD carry, you know, you'd say. In terms of just raw, like, individual skill. But then, putting all that together, it's just, it's so much different when you're, you know, like, a, a good team. Basically, like, yeah. Right now, you need to be a good team to, to, to be a... To, to be shining as an individual player you know i uh I mean, you could,
1: you know. no go ahead if you have anything else
2: and you can you can there 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 as i mentioned before there are players who will always like play for themselves only and and they will look bad on uh, or they will look good on on bad teams but you, you know it, it's still for me it's still like yeah the 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 difference between players is and skills is little so that you have to get better, or like you have to get the edge somewhere else, and that's the, the team cohesion, how the team plays together, how they play macro, that that, that matters a lot. Five,
0: five players, one mind, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the whole like sacrifice for your team kind of mentality and that kind of stuff is, is really interesting, because I don't know if you saw the next level that aired, I mean, you guys were playing, so I, I assume not, but... <laughs> Uh, it aired on Saturday, and it was, like, Rick Fox on. He was talking a lot about um, having played on championship basketball teams with, like, Shaq and Kobe, like, how egos meshed and, like, having to put ego in a jar and kind of, like, acknowledge it's there but also not paying too much attention during the season and stuff like that. Um, how has it been, like, with the 100 Thieves guys, like, getting everyone on the same page and, like, not worrying necessarily about individual stuff and, like you said, sacrificing for the team? Like, was that something that built up over time or is it something that like the players were naturally good at when they came together in summer after this like the swaps and stuff
2: well at first uh we were coaching them to basically get their own advantages and play for themselves uh so that they would be the best at the, at that right and at that point everyone played for themselves everyone had an ego uh and to some extent there was no like a big ego issue but it it was there because everyone wanted to be uh, you know the the one most ahead and then from there we had to basically put it all together and and teach the players how they use their advantage to for the rest of the team uh because you know if you the the and that's a reaper's way of coaching is where if you would straight up start coaching the team to play uh like a team you know like you have a team new team and you you start teaching them this is how you play as a team then the team will be good but the players won't and then it will fall short in the end where yes you have a good team but then the players are not uh, able to be the best players they can because they they were just not coached that way Uh, they were coached to play for the others but the way he did it is that he coached everyone to play for themselves be the best they can and then mesh it all together into playing for each other because now the players see so many angles that they would not see how to win the game themselves and how to make a play so that's why as well we're super aggressive right like we have lpl dive so you could see it this this week where we're five men diving bot lane like those those type of plays would not come if you would uh do it the other way you know so
0: for for a play like that, what goes into getting the team in the place where they are are ready to just coordinate something like that? Is it like, hey, we have this specific like five man bot dive situation, or is it just getting the instincts of the the players where like they can identify that opportunity, or kind of like it, it becomes like an emergent decision over the course of that game? Um, you know, oh, this is the opportunity. Oh, we're in a place where we could go do this. Like, let's go do it.
2: Yeah, it's still, it's still later. It's where, you know, they, they would identify it in the game. They would see the the case in the game. They would see the, the possible play and, and do it in the game. And then us coaches were basically, you know, like, they they would, everyone would see the different play that everyone would say, like, this is the best for me or this is the best for uh, bot lane. This is how you get the most ahead. And then us coaching staff were sort of like, pulling that aggression, pulling all that into what's the best that the team gets most ahead, you know? And then the players were, were kind of like tuning all that aggression, all that those players. It's like, yes, it's good here to push one wave, but we lost uh, top third, you know, for example. That's like a example I just made up. But they, they sort of like balanced what is good for them and what is good for the team and, and created themselves a very good balance. Because in the end, if the player doesn't do it, no one does it you know like yeah. you you can it, it's such a wrong way to like coach you should do this in in this case like this right yes you can you, you, we do that sometimes but the the most important thing as a coach is that you have to teach them the hierarchy like they have to have the logic behind they have to think you know like if this happens that, that then we should do this right rather than this is happening we should be doing this because someone told me they, they need to be thinking themselves for, for themselves. And then that's how you get the best players.
0: That's awesome. Really cool. And I appreciate you, you being so, uh, candid about sort of the approach because it's it's rare that you get these deep dives into how coaching stuff works on a team, because sometimes people will just be like, oh, you know, you just, you just make them play better or you just make make them play, you know, as a team or whatever. And I think rare, it's rare that you ever get to hear what that means or how how that type of work is approached.
1: On that point, I have to shout out Reaper too on for the broadcast interviews he does versus like, you know, Cold maybe or some of the others. And I, I get the whole like wise guy, I'm not gonna give you an answer thing that Cold's kinda going for. But God, Reaper's interviews are the best to listen to. He's not even saying anything like that insane, but it's just nice to hear him kind of be like, Oh yeah, well they draft like this, so they're gonna have more map movement than us, so we gotta like, you know, be really careful because they have T F and yada yada yada. Yeah. Like, He's got uh, a swagger going there, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that he'll answer because it's like, yeah, we kind of all know that, but like thank God that you'll actually answer it versus being like, We uh yeah, we're just looking to win. We think we're good.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, they showed up in staff, that first game. We gotta run it back in the second, you know?
1: Most most media friendly coaching staff around. How about that? Thank you. Uh
0: thank you so much, a Penguin, for the call. I know I know we went on a pretty big tangent, but is there anything that you want to say before we close out the show?
6: Uh,
7: I just want to thank you guys for the show you put on uh, every week and congrats to freeze for, uh, taking LCS home. I think a lot of people don't give credit to the people that are on the backstage of teams, they just think like, oh, it's the five players who made it, but it's usually the whole team and the whole, um, staff that also did it. Um, so congrats, like very happy for you guys. And yeah thanks for having me on uh shout out to alienware and
0: game fuel for uh supporting travis thank you so much and by the way it's super cool to have you call in. uh i know i know we already shout out our international callers but i know it, it's it's always really neat when it's like nine o'clock here in la and somebody is calling from you said sao paulo uh hey.
7: yep it's like one in the
0: morning here right yeah now. well either way thank you so much it's uh it's awesome to, to know you're out there watching the show. Uh, it's thank a you. pleasure. Thank yeah. you. We'll catch you next time. All right. That is the show. Mark Zimmerman, quick question for you, because normally when I say, what do you want to shout out? You're like, I don't know. I got nothing, blah, 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 We didn't have the beginning of the show do the, the Mark, what have you been watching? What have you been doing thing? So why don't we do that here? What have you been watching? What have you been doing? <laughs>
1: God, I don't. It's it's hard in to past, remember. Now. Past
0: week, there was only two days of games, so there's even more. No, but it's been a
1: week. I just mean, like, I watched so much shit. You know, it's yeah. like still watching Reservation Dogs. Still like that a lot. Um, we started. We watched Bachelor in Paradise is still on. That's like one of the other weekly things we're watching. American Horror Story games? double feature was like meh. I installed a Gotcha game on my phone again because I'm just bored and I need something to grind.
0: So just uh, just so everybody knows, I did get Mark a Humankind King or a key, and he has installed not installed it. So just uh, remember when he was very aggressive last week about about how I needed to get him a key. Just everyone, please understand that this is what it's like being friends with Mark. Um,
1: I watched a movie in theaters. What movies have come out recently? I watched one. Black Widow. Candyman. Thank you, Ashley. We watched Candyman. It was good. It wasn't like scary as like. It was, But, I don't know, I still enjoyed it. I wasn't ever bored, so I don't know. There you go. It wasn't as scary as I was hoping it would be, I guess, to be my only complaint.
0: Mark, anything you do want to plug?
1: Uh, Nope.
0: Okay. Freeze! What do you want to promote? What do you want to shout out? What's going on here? What do you want to say?
2: Um, first, I would like to thank you guys for inviting for the show. Uh, it was fun. Uh, I got to talk on? about... Uh, very exciting stuff. And then I got to talk more in depth about a game that I love. Uh, so thank you. And then obviously shout out for everyone that's watching. For all the the questions. And obviously for the 100T sponsors. Yeah. I am super grateful that 100T's gave me this opportunity to coach. Um, in my first year of coaching. Straight up. And I'm glad we took the trophy home for them for the first time. And I'm excited for Worlds. Super excited to see what you can do. Uh,
0: Carlos in the in the chat says, when is the next heist out? I'm sure you have the content calendar right in front of you, so you'll know exactly the time and date that that will release.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, uh, I'm so sure people... Not worried this week, I guess. Yeah, people could keep an eye out for it. I'm sure it'll be... I just... I'm going to skip through the whole game and everything, and I'm just going to go to what... what Look at the devastation from the celebration, and see what what unfolds, and actually is allowed to make the cut from your guys' celebration party. All right. Well, thank you, Freeze, for coming on the show. Uh, for everyone else, uh, thanks for watching. We do this every Sunday. Sorry, Sunday Monday at seven p.m. I was merging some words there. At seven p.m. Pacific uh, on my Twitch channel, it then goes up onto podcast platforms, including Spotify. Uh, as well as my YouTube channel. You can also check out Rift Reaction, which is a much shorter show that I do with Emily Rand with a bit of a global look. It's a great place to catch some content uh, ahead of worlds if you're normally only paying attention to North America. We've got a cool Run It coming out this week, talking about at the very least someday and his performance. Uh, So it'll be a 100 Thieves episode of Run It to celebrate their win. And that is the show. So thanks everyone for watching. Uh, Thank you Alienware and GameFuel and we'll catch you next week.